This is Latin Pulse, a weekly analysis of news and public affairs in Latin America. Brought to you in cooperation with American University's School of Communication in Washington, D.C. and Link TV. And now here's host, Rick Rockwell. Bienvenidos and welcome to Latin Pulse. This week, the Summit of the Americas. Will U.S. President Barack Obama re-engage with Latin America? Will the war on drugs find new solutions related to legalization or decriminalization? And what other issues will surface in Colombia this weekend? We'll search for the answers later, but first it's time for Vanessa Jesus-Gonzati, who has our weekly review of news from around Latin America. A diplomat from the Costa Rican embassy was freed almost two days after being kidnapped in Caracas. Commercial attache Guillermo Cholele spoke hours after being released. For me, it is a great satisfaction to be able to be back because we've seen cases in which even after paying the ransom, the person was killed. He was taken while he was riding in the embassy's car in Caracas Sunday night. Cholele also thanked the Venezuelan government for its efforts in looking for him. The Venezuelan defense minister followed the case closely after the kidnapping made headlines and the Costa Rican government showed its concern. The Miami Marlins suspended Venezuelan manager Ozzy Guillén for five games after comments in which he praised Cuba's former president Fidel Castro. The comments caused criticism from the Cuban-American community living in Miami. At a news conference Tuesday, Guillén apologized and said he will do whatever it takes to fix relations with the Cuban-American community. Time magazine published the story that Guillén loves Castro and respects him for staying in power for so long. But Guillén now says he does not admire nor love Castro, and that he only told the magazine that he could not believe somebody who hurt so many people is still alive. The Salvadoran government says it is committed to Alfaro's newspaper security so that it can continue its investigative work. The statement comes after Alfaro published a piece about secret negotiations between local gangs limiting murders in exchange for concessions from the government. After reporting, Alfaro's employees have said they are being followed and photographed. A spokesman for President Mauricio Funes says that it is a sensitive issue and that they are taking all measures to protect journalists. Funes denies making a deal, but admitted that the administration facilitated a truce between gangs by transferring 30 leaders to lower security prisons. The Sixth Summit of the Americas will be held in the Colombian city of Cartagena this weekend. The central theme this year is Connecting the Americas, Partners for Prosperity. This time, heads of state will discuss poverty and inequalities, citizen security, disasters, and access to technologies. The last meeting took place three years ago, and it gathers the maximum authorities of the Western Hemisphere. We'll have more on the summit in a moment. I'm Vanessa Jesus-Gonzari, reporting for Latin Pulse. Thanks, Vanessa. Our next guest, Robert Pastor, is traveling on a speaking tour in Georgia, but before his trip, we sat down to discuss the upcoming Summit of the Americas. Pastor is the former National Security Advisor on Latin America and the Caribbean for the Carter Administration. He teaches now at American University, where he directs two centers. He is the author or editor of 17 books, including his latest, The North American Idea. This week, he weighs in on the upcoming Summit of the Americas. 
There will be a sixth summit of the Americas that will be held in Cartagena, Colombia on April 13th and 14th, involving 34 leaders, democratically elected leaders of the Americas. They have a very wide agenda that includes everything from infrastructure and poverty and inequality uh, to crime and public security and education, response to national di nat uh, natural disasters as well. I think it's an opportunity for the leaders of the Americas to hear from each other and learn what's happening and to propose new ways to enhance cooperation and more effective uh, uh, responses to uh, international challenges in the Americas. I'm not sure we're going to see or hear any very specific accomplishment, but I think that it's a very valuable forum. What's been talked about prior to this particular summit or forum is that this might be the last meeting of this type before Cuba's being asked to join the group in the future. Do you see that actually happening four years hence? Cuba has been an issue in the last Summit of the Americas in Trinidad uh, three years ago, uh, and it was an issue in advance of this summit as well, in which several of Cuba's closest allies, Venezuela and Nicaragua, for example, have urged uh, Cuba to be invited. The United States opposed that in large part because um, the Summit of the Americas was originally established in 1994 um, when President Clinton invited all of the leaders of the Americas who had been democratically elected um, and who were also interested in free trade at the time. Um, and so the fundamental characteristic of the Summit of the Americas that distinguishes it, for example, from other organizations in the hemisphere is that the members should all be democratically elected, and Cuba clearly is not. Uh, so as long as that's the characteristic that defines the summit, I don't see that Cuba's involvement in the next summit is very likely, unless there were a dramatic transformation in Cuba, which would, of course, be welcomed by the other nations of the Americas. Some people have said that the summit is actually a reflection of the Organization of American States, and now, in this past year, we've seen this new competing organization come up, um, supported by the Venezuelans and others, CELAC. Um, is there then some more impetus then to, for this inclusion, even though Cuba doesn't fit the definition? You could make the opposite argument more persuasively. Uh, that is to say, because there are so many other organizations that have proliferated in the last few years, and almost all of them include Cuba, why is it necessary to include it in this organization? Uh, and more importantly, I would personally argue that if you have an organization that's based on the principle that democracy and human rights are central to the Americas, you do not want to dilute uh, that fundamental characteristic of, uh, of the Summit of the Americas by including a country which is authoritarian and which violates human rights every single day. Let's make a switch. We, you mentioned Venezuela and Nicaragua in one of your earlier answers. Um, there's going to be a lot of folks watching what happens between the U.S. and Venezuela at this particular summit. I guess there's even some speculation, will Hugo Chavez be healthy enough to be at the summit? It looks like he might be now, but who knows what will happen. So um, what should we look for in that particular signal of what might happen between Obama and Chavez? 
Hugo Chavez is a very polarizing figure, both in Venezuela and in the Americas. And indeed, because of the oil money of Venezuela, he's been able to establish a rival organization, ALBA, uh, in which several of his allies, Nicaragua, um, uh, Ecuador, uh, uh, and uh, a few uh, Caribbean countries have expressed interest in allying with that. Um, uh, Hugo Chavez is running uh, for re-election as president uh, in next October, but he has cancer. And a critical question is whether or not he can, uh, uh, can run or whether the cancer is uh, not benign. Um, we don't know the answers to those questions. Um, we do know that he will try to play a, a very big role in this next summit of the Americas. And he has always tried to bait the United States. Part of the, part of the populism uh, of his uh, policies is uh, an acute nationalism in which he views the United States as, as the enemy of, of his revolution. I think the Obama administration has handled that extremely effectively by not taking the bait, um, by standing back from it, um, and not building him up even more uh, by getting into uh, a fight uh, with Chavez. And I think that President uh, Obama will try to uh, maintain that same policy uh, during uh, this next summit, although it's not for sure because the Republicans clearly uh, are trying to find vulnerabilities in his foreign policy, and the principal thrust of the Republican candidates is to make it appear as if Obama is weak on our foes, uh, whether those foes are Russia, as, uh, as uh, uh, Mitt Romney has suggested, the principal geopolitical uh, foe uh, of, um, of the United States. Uh, although uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who I just heard speak last night, said that he was very impressed by that comment because at least um, Mitt Romney indicated that he understood the word geopolitical, uh, though Brzezinski felt that that was totally inaccurate to think of Russia as our principal uh, geopolitical uh, foe. So because the Republicans may go after Obama as being weak on foes such as Chavez, it's conceivable that he may uh, introduce an edge to his uh, rhetoric uh, at the summit. But I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays consistent uh, with the policy that they've adopted to Venezuela, which is uh, really talk about the importance of democracy and don't get into a fight uh, with uh, Chavez. So we're not likely to see Obama and Chavez in an embrazo or a hug during uh, the greetings of this particular summit. Uh, I don't think you'll either see them hug each other or um, uh, or take aim at each other. Um, I think uh, I think Obama will try to be talking uh, to all of the leaders of the Americas, and in particular to the key emerging powers of the Americas, which are Mexico and Brazil, um, uh, and uh, and also Colombia, uh, which of course is hosting this and which has a very full agenda for everyone to discuss. Anything on that agenda that we haven't already mentioned? Well, there's one item which is potentially of great importance, and that's, of course, drug trafficking. And on that, obviously, Colombia has a very special interest, as does Mexico. And indeed, more and more countries in the Americas have an interest, and they are beginning to uh, 
pose hard questions about the drug, uh, the counter-narcotic strategy that's been pursued by the United States and Colombia and Mexico and all of the other countries in the Americas, which is, as we know, a prohibitive strategy, uh, one that views uh, all drug trafficking as criminal. Um, and I think the question is whether some illicit drugs should be considered more of a health problem uh, than a criminal problem, uh, and whether there are alternative approaches that might lead to much lower levels of violence uh, without necessarily leading to much higher levels of addiction. Uh, basic strategies of decriminalization of some of the drugs, perhaps marijuana, uh, which is very uh, uh, profitable for the cartels, but of questionable, um, uh, uh, questionable effect with regard to health and addiction. We've even seen conservative presidents like the new president in Guatemala raise this issue of decriminalization. This does seem to be something that's being seriously discussed, although we don't hear it very much discussed in the United States. No, I think on the contrary, uh, Vice President Biden went down to Central America uh, just a few weeks ago uh, to make clear that the United States strategy of zero tolerance on drug, uh, on drug decriminalization has not changed. And certainly during election year, you wouldn't expect uh, that the administration would change its policy. But these questions are emerging and they may be pursued at this summit. So any final words in our last moments here um, on Latin Pulse about the summit that we should look forward to or anything you'd like to sum up? Uh, the agenda of the Summit of the Americas will be boring to most people, but it's really the substance of life for all of the peoples of the Americas and it reflects the maturity of Latin American democracy uh, and the desire of its leaders to respond to the public. Uh, on the other hand, it may be the issues not on the agenda, whether it's Cuba or drug trafficking, that might engender the most interest uh, by the public. Overall, however, I think the summit is a very important forum for the United States. And I think it's very good that President Obama is going to Cartagena, and hopefully he will learn some new ideas and modify his policies to increase the importance of the Americas. So it's a good thing that the summit may be boring to the common person in the United States. It's a good thing for the leaders of the Americas to address the agenda that matters most to the people in the Americas, uh, which have to do with education and poverty and inequality and, and public security as well. Well, Bob Pastor, thank you very much for joining us today on Latin Pulse to talk about the upcoming Summit of the Americas. Thank you very much, Rick. Democracy is synonymous with independence. Independence is synonymous with emancipation. Emancipation is synonymous with sovereignty. Sovereignty is synonymous with superiority. Superiority is synonymous with arrogance. Arrogance is synonymous with domination. And domination is synonymous with dictatorship. Dictatorship always finds its way. Amnesty International. Learn. Indignate. Act. Welcome back to Latin Pulse. Peter Hakem, President Emeritus of the Inter-American Dialogue, is back with us this week to give us a preview of this weekend's important Summit of the Americas. Last week when you were here, we discussed the drug war quite a bit, but beyond drugs, what's the important topic 
do you think that will surface from this particular summit? Is there only one? Well, uh, the drug issue will be the central topic. This is what uh, at least the press is uh, giving its attention to, and the uh, disputes are, are and discussion is largely over the drug issue. There's also the question of Cuba's participation, which uh, became an issue uh, a couple of months ago when the president of Ecuador uh, called for a boycott of the summit unless Cuba was invited, and uh, that was diffused. And uh, uh, but uh, looks like the Latin American countries are now going to insist that uh, either Cuba participate in the next summit or there won't be a summit. So, what do you predict might be the U.S. response to this? This is a very delicate issue in a election year when Florida and the Cuban American vote is so important. Well, I mean, it's, uh, since it's not an, uh, an urgent, immediate issue they have to deal with, uh, the, the U.S. will say, sure, we would welcome back Cuba uh, as long as it meets the eligibility requirements, which, according to the United States, that means uh, sort of opening up to uh, a democratic government. And uh, uh, so I think this is one of those problems that, there's no need to uh, confront at this time at all. It's easy to postpone. So actually maybe something that's going to gather more headlines before the summit than after the summit? Yeah, I think that the drug issue is going to be the central issue now, not the... Uh, Cuba might, I mean, it will be brought up, it will be discussed, it will be uh, 34, 34. Every country there but the United States is opposed to the embargo on Cuba Every country uh, there uh, has normal relations with Cuba except the United States. So the United States will come under some criticism, uh, but the United States doesn't have to say anything or do anything that will uh, get the administration to hot water with his Florida voters. In the past few weeks, several things have come up um, on, I would guess, the news agenda dealing with Cuba. Even in the past week on the sports pages, we have this issue of um, whether the manager of the of the Miami Marlins loves Fidel Castro and whether he's allowed to say that in the United States. Uh, that's become an issue. But since the Pope visited Cuba recently, Cuba has been more of a focus, I think, of, of U.S. media and there has been this crackdown against dissidents since the Pope's visit. So this issue does carry some weight, does it not? Oh, of course it carries some weight. It's a, an issue on which uh, certainly the press tends to focus more than most issues in Latin America. Indeed, I think if you go to any bookstore and go to the shelf uh, marked Latin America, you'll find... Uh, Anywhere between a third and, and half the books on the shelf uh, will be about Cuba. Uh, and Cuba, of course, is one out of uh, uh, 20 Latin American countries. It has a relatively small population, but it is the country that, that uh, makes the headlines in part because of its bitter uh, uh, conflict with the United States over the years, the, the, the sense that this is a real adversarial relationship, and uh, there's nothing quite like it in the hemisphere. Well, I, I don't know if we're guilty of the, of the same crime, maybe inordinate attention to Cuba. So because we're talking about this 
summit, and this is not something that happens every year. The last summit was three years ago. What are the other issues beyond drugs, beyond Cuba, that are important for engagement on this summit? Well, let me just say that it's not necessarily the important issues that are on the agenda, the formal agenda. There's actually two extended conversations that take place. One is a public conversation, and then uh, on Saturday, I believe it is, and then Sunday morning, the presidents have a private conversation that is uh, not, uh, there's no public agenda. They can bring up what they want. I think this is going to be a, a period when there is a, uh, we're, we're right now in a period where inter-American relations, U.S.-Latin American relations are somewhat drifting. They're characterized by a sense of drift, a sense of indecision. Uh, Latin America is doing quite well, thank you. Uh, the, these are countries that their economies are in good shape by and large, in better shape than they've been for a generation. Uh, they managed mostly, uh, aside from Mexico, to sidestep the global financial crisis. Uh, they're mostly democratic, and they're uh, becoming more independent, more assertive, growing middle class, uh, diversifying their international relations. Uh, and they uh, see the U.S. as less relevant to their needs. They can do it on them by themselves. They don't need the tutelage of the United States anymore, and they can solve their internal problems. They can solve the problems between countries. So the U.S., in a real sense, is uh, less relevant now. There's a certain going of the separate ways, and even uh, that's uh, uh, compounded by the U.S.'s own problems. While they have strong economies, the U.S. is still fighting uh, to recover from, from the crisis. Uh, the U.S. is a little bit wary of international relations now with, after a decade of wars, inconclusive, uh, unsuccessful wars, uh, and uh, so you have the two countries, uh, 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 like I said, drifting apart at this point. And it was hoped at some point that the summit of the Americas might be a, a way to bring them together again. Uh, but the fact is uh, there were few countries in the hemisphere that gave much attention to this. My own sense is that uh, the U.S. has never engaged less in the preparations for the summit. It was simply absent in sort of debate, discussion over the agenda, over format, uh, certainly less so than ever before. Canada, which prides itself on its multilateralism, prides itself on its participation in uh, international institutions, uh, was less active this time than in any of the previous uh, six summits. Uh, and then you have uh, Brazil, uh, which uh, by and large ignored the summit. Uh, and in fact, uh, talking to senior officials in Brazil, they tend to uh, question the, the importance, the relevance of the summit. They're sort of looking now more toward new organizations that uh, have only Latin American countries or Latin American and Caribbean countries as members. 
In other words, the U.S. has lost its relevance, and it doesn't look like this summit is going to be able to uh, sort of put it all back together again. So this new organization, SALAC, that came onto the scene in the past year, that then seems to have more relevancy is, is what I'm Well, wondering. I think it's early to say uh, what uh, uh, Brazil uh, and several other countries are saying that uh, we're beginning to develop the institutional infrastructure to be able to increasingly manage our own affairs, not only within each country, but where the disputes between countries where countries face problems, that can be resolved either through what's called UNASUR, the Union of South American Nations, or CELAC, which is the uh, community of Latin American and Caribbean nations, a a little bit unwieldy, uh, but no more so than the summit. And and that organization doesn't have the U.S. nor Canada as part of it. So let me ask, we had this summit meeting between the presidents of Brazil and the U.S. this past week, was was that meeting more important than, than the Summit of the Americas or equally important or negligibly important? Well, How do we rate that? I think that uh, it proved less important than it should have been. Uh, I think both sides understand how important this bilateral relationship has become in economic terms in global geopolitical terms, Brazil is now an active participant in most global forums, and the U.S. and Brazil are uh, sort of together. Brazil is an important uh, actor at the global level and obviously bumps up against the United States quite frequently. Uh, yet uh, there seems to be a nostalgia Uh, in the United States for a relationship uh, of a dozen years ago where the United States was clearly the uh, leader, the the, the, uh, hegemon of the hemisphere that, uh, and uh, Brazil really emerged uh, as a global actor, as a regional uh, pole of power, if you like, Uh, in part by opposing the United States, by disagreeing with the United States, by showing its independence, by showing it was a country that said no. And Brazil doesn't seem to be able to sort of change course now and see the advantages perhaps of a closer, more cooperative relationship. And so you have these two countries that know uh, their relationship is fundamental, is crucial, Uh, At the same time, they don't quite know what to do about it. They don't quite know what to talk about. They don't know how to move this forward. And there are answers to that question, but the two countries, I think, don't quite trust each other. They're comfortable where they are. And so uh, it's not costing a great deal. There's no great risk of them becoming overt adversaries. The risk is just missed opportunities, and uh, that's the name of the game for U.S.-Latin American relations. As we conclude here briefly, is there anything for President Obama to gauge by uh, to to gain here by reengaging with Brazil, by reengaging with Latin America at this summit this weekend? Well, you know, uh, Brazil is now the sixth largest economy in the world. Uh, It was 12th only 10 years ago. 
it's growing, it's becoming more important, it's uh, sort of be likely to become one of the great world oil producers very soon. Uh, in 30 years, it'll be the fourth largest economy. This is an opportunity that the U.S. ought to be. The uh, U.S. has trade agreements with 11 countries in Latin America. doesn't have one with Brazil. But on the other hand, Brazil is equally to blame. In other words, this is not the U.S. missing an opportunity or Brazil missing. It's Brazil and the U.S. not taking advantage of a, a situation which would benefit both countries. Peter Hakem, President Emeritus of the Inter-American Dialogue, thank you so much for joining us this week on Latin Pulse. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Latin Pulse is available on the web and via iTunes. To see the Latin Pulse archives of video programs on Latin America, you can check out Link TV's website, www.linktv, all one word, .org, and then forward slash Latin Pulse also, all one word. That's www.linktv.org forward slash Latin Pulse. If you'd like to comment on this week's program, you may leave us a message online via SoundCloud or on Facebook. Or you can write us via email. You can find us at latinpulse at gmx.com. That's Latin Pulse, all one word, at gmx.com. Thank you for joining us this week on Latin Pulse. For associate producer Vanessa Jesus Gonzati, and announcer Victor Kilo. I'm Rick Rockwell. Escuchen nosotros vez. Gracias por su tiempo. Latin Pulse is produced in Washington, D.C. at American University's School of Communication with the support of Link TV. Theme music provided by Link TV and additional music from Canary Productions and Bathtime Music Publishing. This program is copyright 2012 Las Rocas Productions. Mm -hmm.